1: Yes, welcome back to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. I've just come across something on social media. Now, I don't know how old this is, but it was posted uh, around about 48 minutes ago, is that sporting history has been made in Nebraska with the biggest crowd ever to attend a women's sporting event filling Memorial Stadium for a volleyball match. A whopping 92,000... And three spectators turned up to watch the Nebraska Huskers take on the Omaha in the US today. I've just come across it. It is quite mind-blowing. There's fireworks. There is a crowd that is packed. 92,000 to see... A volleyball fixture. As I said, I've just come across it on social media and it was only posted 48 minutes ago, but that doesn't mean uh, that it's been maybe in the last day or so. But we'll try and uh, find out regarding that. Okay, let's go to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side by side brand, for a bit of a sports update. Um, By the way, the seven Western Australians, it was during the 1981 82 season, the first test against Pakistan at the Wacker. It was played between the 13th and 17th of November of that year. Seven WA players were selected in the Australian team. This is the first time seven homegrown players from one state had been included in the Australian 11. Uh, They were known as the Magnificent Seven, Bruce Laird, Graham Wood, Kim Hughes, Rod Marsh, Bruce Yardley, Dennis Lilly, and Terry Alderman. And Australia won the Test match by 286 runs. Some fair cricketers... That mob, don't worry about that. Uh, and sort it goes all the way back to the Wacker Ground 1981-82. Toby Green was announced. Toby Green was announced as the All-Australian captain last night. Earlier today, he caught up with Gerard Waitley on SEN in Melbourne. And it's just a couple of minutes of what he had to say about the maturi- maturity of Toby Green in recent times. But first, he was asked what it meant to him.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: I sort of, as I said last, I was in a bit of shock. It's just not something I ever thought, it's just not something I thought was possible for me. So um, it's it's an amazing title given, you know, sort of the, the players in the team and, um, and the players that have, have received it in the past. So, um, yeah, super proud. So I, I guess, like, just messages from teammates are, are probably most special ones. Um, you know, like, a lot of those guys do a lot of, a lot of hard work for me to to be able to put me in a position um, to receive such an award that uh, that doesn't really go notice. um, Some of the stuff they've said and how I've helped inspire them, I guess, um, it was really meaningful. I've certainly sort of changed changed probably my perception in in the footy public in the last couple of years, but um, I think uh, for myself, I haven't done too much different to what I've always, how I've gone about my footy. I just sort of um, growing a lot along the way. Yeah, they had to grow up a bit as well. Um, so, I, I mean, it's certainly sort of a changing, a changing perception to be named captain of an all-Australian team, but um, it's, something, yeah, it's something that's not lost on me. It, it suggests you've become respectable, Toby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Depends who you ask. Probably not Bulldog fans, but um, yes. <laughs> other than that. For, well, I had some, you know, Tough conversations in my early couple of years. I think, I think my biggest issue when I was, you know, in my first, second, third year was, uh, whenever I came back to Melbourne and just hanging out with my mates and, and acting as a nineteen-year-old instead of an AFL player who's nineteen. Um, that was probably what I had to had to get had to sort of learn the balance of a lot better and um, put myself in situations that you know got got myself in trouble and. Um, but that was probably the biggest learning. And guys like James McDonald, I remember him having a pretty hard conversation with me. It would have been hard for him in my first year or second year. Um, I'm sure Leon did as well. Um, so, you know, um, that, that's, that's probably the key. There was a huge area for growth. And, um, and then and the, a lot comes along with that.
1: So there you go, Toby Green, uh, on being awarded the honour and the privilege of being the All-Australian captain last night as he prepares for a sudden-death final this weekend in the first week of the AFL finals. Just going back to that uh, record for women's sport, it was last night, we've just done a bit of a check on it, the Nebraska record, uh, the crowd at what is usually the home of the Nebraska football A team broke the previous world record for women's sports attendance, which was 91,648, set on April the 22nd, 2022 in Barcelona, Spain, for a Champions League match between Barcelona and Wolfsburg. And last night, that volleyball contest between Omaha and also Nebraska broke that 92,000 to see a volleyball contest. There you go. 29 and a half past five. uh, Staying with the All-Australian Awards and the awards last night, Marcus Bontempelli won the AFL MVP, a big honour for the Bont. Uh, Unfortunately, the Western Bulldogs season is done and dusted. This is what he had to say.
3: Always humbling, um, I guess, especially, as you said, uh, with the the guys around the league who, who acknowledge, you know, the things and the influence you have. On your own team, and and, and what's perceived as, as as being a you know a strong competitor outside of your own your own sphere, I guess. So it's very yeah, it's very humbling. You know, as you said, even for the for the second time, and I mentioned that last night. It doesn't make it any less special. And when you consider you know the the impact probably Lee has definitely had on the game, but but obviously the other the other previous winners. So you know, it, it's always tough to reflect. From an individual sense, when you are so aligned with what the team, you know, the team's success looks like, but um, it definitely will continue to hold, you know, an important, you know, I guess, recognition um, for myself and uh, the game.
1: Marcus Bontempelli there. And one of the major events in sport happening at the moment, even though the Australian players are falling like nine pins at this stage, is the US Open Tennis Championship. And Isla Tomljanovic's US Open return has proven to be short-lived. Uh, she withdrew from a second-round match, unable to back up from her taxing victory in a first match of 2023. The cruel blow came after fellow Aussie Daria Saville was unable to overcome world number one Igas Swiatek in the second-round clash. Oh, the last two remaining Aussie women in the tournament. But uh, wildcard Rinki Hijikata continued his dream U.S. Open run on the men's side of the draw, powering into the third round with an impressive straight-sets win over Hungary's Marton Fukovic. So, well done to Rinki. And as we said, we're right across the U.S. Open and we'll keep uh, abreast of what's happening during the course of next week, uh, going into the second week of the US Open there at Flushing Meadow. By the way, uh, just going back to footy, uh, rising star winner Harry Sheezel wants to emulate All-Australian Nick Dacos, he reckons, sublime second year in the AFL, declaring he doesn't want to be a one-year wonder for the Kangaroos. That update for Polaris. Plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. All right, coming up uh, after this next break, we're going to be looking at the WAFL finals. That get underway this weekend, and the WAFL have got a bit of clear air because of the bye situation before the AFL finals uh, commence next weekend. In fact, Ross Lyon, the Saints coach, was saying we should have the bye maybe the week before the AFL grand final to get a real uh, impetus and real thirst for the final game of the season, but that's a discussion for another day. Uh, we've got Subiaco taking on Peel Thunder, 2:10 on Saturday at Leederville Oval, and that'll be uh, up, but then on Sunday, again at the same time, a elimination final between East Perth and Claremont. On the other side of the break, we'll speak the two new entrants in the WAFL final series for this year. It is Subiaco coach Bo Wardman. They missed out last year after finishing seventh. And also Ross McQueen, East Perth, haven't played finals football in the WAFL since 2018. They join us next.
0: The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento, Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolma the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
1: Yes, a very good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to Sports Day WA with uh, Peter Vlahos, the final one for the week uh, being Thursday. And uh, as uh, you may know, Sports Day WA runs Monday to Thursday between 5 and 6, all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Uh, Very shortly, we'll be uh, launching the top seven stories of the week, thanks to the Kia EV6 GT. Uh, And there's been some significant stories, as we know, during the course of the week, uh, starting on Monday with the Adam Simpson story, which sees him coaching uh, the West Coast Eagles for the final two years of his contract, 2024-2025, also, Liam Henry, at 22 years of age, deciding to ask for a trade from the Fremantle Dockers. And it appears that uh, all roads are leading at this stage to the Hawthorne Football Club, with Tyler Brockman pretty keen from the Hawks to come back west. Could that be uh, very much part of a trade that will be initiated when the trade period does open? And then we had uh, the other story with Damien Oliver deciding to retire yesterday. Uh, one of the greatest uh, jockeys in the history of Australian horse racing industry, 51 years of age, and will signal his farewell from uh, horse riding in the Perth Summer Carnival a bit later on. We've got those four big races being the pinnacles, and wouldn't it be terrific uh, to see Damien Oliver in all his glory um, in uh, back home here in Perth, where he left as a 17-year-old to chase his sporting dream. And as well as that, Uh, The other big story is last night, five West Australians in the Australian T20 side. They took on South Africa. Mitch Marsh, given the responsibilities of captain of the Australian T20 team, and plundered a brilliant 92 not out of 49 balls, 13 fours and two sixes in that very big win last night. And Tim David also performed very well. It was the debut for Aaron Hardy. He did okay as well. So it was a terrific performance by Australia and great representation from Western Australia. Uh, it takes me back to have five players in an 11 from WA all those years ago, and it's just come to mind now, where WA at one stage had seven representatives in the Australian Test team. Can you name them? It goes back a number of years, but WA just dominated Australian cricket. And WA is starting to dominate Australian cricket now, particularly in the short form of the game. But can you recall when we had seven representatives in the Australian test team out of the 11? And whether you can name those. Get on the Tempera bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Or give us a call, 13 12 55, bed shed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And for the good oil, uh, Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Uh, another story today is that Fremantle came out and delisted uh, two former Players uh, that have been to the club for a number of years. Nathan Wilson, who started his AFL career at GWS and then came home here to Perth to play with the Fremantle Dockers, has been sort of in and out in the last couple of seasons. And also Travis Collier, uh, the ex Essendon player who got picked up by Essendon, played there uh, well over 100 games, then came back to complete his career here with Fremantle all uh, was told that both Wilson and Collier that they won't be given contracts for 2024. So they were delisted today. One of the stories, thanks to Coburn Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, uh, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed pre- in northern Victoria. Five minutes past five, uh, temperate shed text machine, naming the seven West Aussies that were in the eleven in a test team all those years ago 0487 736 736 as we roll in now thanks to Kia and the EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year the top 7 stories of the week
4: Number 7 Came into this side with a reputation yeah! Oh hello hello out given first ball what about this from
5: Danbir Sanga In In the end, Risa Hendricks and Marco Janssen between them had to go, and it's Janssen who suffers. And the leg spinner has four. What a debut. Bowling! Pissed it up, right on target,
4: and that is the job done. Australia... Win by 111
5: runs. Yeah, look, I thought everyone chipped in and the way we bowled tonight was outstanding. Tanvir was brilliant. Spencer Johnson was really good up front, um, put under a bit of pressure, but that's international cricket. So um, I thought just as a whole, we played a really good team game tonight and we were able to put South Africa on the back foot early on.
1: Mitch Marsh, the captain of the Australian team, of blistering innings in the opening T20, has put Tim David also a step closer to adding a spot in Australia's ODI World Cup squad uh, to his growing resume. David smashed, by the way, 64 of just 28 balls in Australia's 11-run win over South Africa and will, affect, uh, will stay on after the T20s for the five-match ODI series in the Republic. That could yet be an audition for the World Cup in India should injuries continue to hamper the Australians. As I mentioned, Mitch Marsh was outstanding. He made 92, not out of 49 balls, 13 fours, two sixes. Aaron Hardy did very well too. Made 23, came in late, 23 of only 14 balls, three fours and one six. Australia made six for 226. And South Africa, 115 all out. Sanger took four wickets, Stoinis three.
0: I mean, it helps having great teammates. They make my life easy, make my job easy. Um, You know, the stats are what they are at the end of the game. But um, as long as we score more points than them, that's what matters. And did that tonight, so uh, we're good to go. So there you go. That was a good win by
1: the Australian Boomers. Uh, They defeated Japan after falling to Germany in the previous uh, group match at the uh, FIBA World Cup being played in Japan. Germany beat Australia 85-82. The Australians needed to get over Japan. They did 109 to 89. And you just heard from Josh Giddy on the back end of that 20-point victory. And, of course, tomorrow night at 10 past eight, our time, uh, they take on Slovenia in a uh, make-or-break game. Good luck to the Boomers as they take on Slovenia. Tomorrow night, 10 past eight, uh, is when it tips off.
4: Number five.
0: Yeah, it's, it is my priority, mate. But like I said, there's no European football. So how am I going to find out about our players? What opportunity would I have to do that other than a, a game? And uh, they're all Tottenham players. I have, they're all part of our club. From my perspective, you know, we're very much at the discovery stage, mate. So I need to find out, you know, but, um, and we need to give the players the opportunity to contribute because that's why they're here. They're not here just to make up the numbers. So. Ange Postacoglu, the manager
1: of Tottenham Hotspur, suffered his first defeat in the League Cup match during the course of the week. They didn't lose in the real sense. They lost through penalties. It was one all against Fulham at Craven Cottage. And he was asked a question by the media because he made nine changes on why he made that many changes. And as you heard from Ange, it was a case of, we're not in European football. I've got to see where these players are at. And uh, in the end, that was his answer. They're out of the League Cup and they're back on the EPL Premiership Trail this weekend.
6: Number four.
5: My situation is a little bit more unique than the fact that um, this is my 10th year, and um, we identified as a club two years ago that we're gonna transition our list and, and um, you know rebuild transition, whatever you wanna call it. And the question was asked then, am I the right man to, to take us through the next phase? And there'll be a time where it's not me anymore, and that's fine. But my brief at the moment is to build the next premiership list and to expose them to where the game is at the moment and where the game's going. And to do that after being here for, for eight or nine years, it's a different feel than getting in a brand-new coach and starting from the bottom. So I understand my role, and I'm up for it, and I'm really keen to see it through. Um, but it's, it's, not, it's not a short-term fix.
1: And he will see it through. Big story that happened just before the start of Sports Day WA on Monday when the West Coast Eagles released a club statement stating that uh, West Coast Eagles board had decided to continue the tenure of Adam Simpson as coach into 2024 and beyond. That was the press conference after the final game in the home and away series against the Adelaide Crows here last Saturday night where the West Coast Eagles Farewell three of their champions in Hearn, Chewy and Nat Nui, and were beaten by the Crows uh, in a last quarter fade out. And Adam Simpson's reaction was that, before, of course, getting the nod. And of course, that night, for those people that were here, a huge uh, supporter uh, backing by all the fans uh, that came out to watch the West Coast Eagles in their final game. That's history now. Adam Simpson is the coach, and he'll be working on an improved 2024 campaign.
6: Number three.
0: Back pocket, James Cicely Hawthorne. Full back, Callum Wilkie, St Kilda. Back pocket, Tom Stewart, Geelong. Half back flank, Jack Sinclair, St Kilda. Center half back, Darcy Moore, Collingwood. Half back flank, Dan Houston, Port Adelaide. On the wing, Josh Dakos, Collingwood. Center, Marcus Ponderpelli, Western Bulldogs, and on the wing, Errol Goulden, Sydney Swans. In the ruck, Tim English, the Western Bulldogs. Ruck rover Zach Butters, Port Adelaide, and ruck Nick Dakos, Collingwood Football Club. Forward flank Connor Rosie, Port Adelaide. Centre half forward Taylor Walker, Adelaide. Forward flank Christian Petrarca, Melbourne. Forward pocket. Charlie Cameron, Brisbane Lions. Full forward, Charlie Curnow, Carlton. Forward pocket, Toby Green, GWS Giants. Caleb Sarong, Fremantle. Zach Merritt, Essendon. Jordan Dawson, Adelaide. And Nick Larkey, North Melbourne.
1: So there you go, Glenn Jackovic announcing the All-Australian team for the AFL for 2023. Jacko's been part of the selection panel for the All-Australian for a number of years now, and he just outlined the team. Uh, I know there's been a lot of feedback right throughout uh, SENWA on the breakfast uh, program, the run home, and now Sports Day WA. If you haven't had an opportunity to have your say, by all means, go to it on the temporary Bedshed text machine 487 Seven three six seven three six. Toby Green, the captain.
5: Uh, do you agree with that? You'll hear
1: from Toby Green a bit later on in the program. Number
5: two. In your yep. time and have over the last 20 years deliberating on who should be in. So
4: And like you, I used to always say we should be celebrating the people that are in. <laughs> not, the, not the three or four that are out. But trust me, Kane, you will not prevent the
5: pile on tomorrow. I know, but there, there is some terrific stories. There'll be some first-timers yep. in the team and there's some great, stories um, that will come out of tonight. So I hope we, we focus on that as much as uh, I welcome the debate about who's missed out as well. Always some good players. So we'll do that. Brad Johnson will reveal his uh, final All-Australian team tonight. Talking points with him. Jake Nile from The Age written an excellent piece about the league MVP this year and who it should be. You've always
4: had strong thoughts on
5: that. Yeah, I just think it's become... For for everything uh, a midfielders award and was really conscious of doing that in the All Australian meetings to not just pick that many midfielders and recognise players that don't play there because all the individual awards will be dominated by that. So Jake wrote a thought provoking piece in the Age. We'll get his thoughts. On that, we'd love for your calls and for you to join in. News that has broken reasonably recently is that Fremantle youngster Liam Henry has officially requested a trade after four seasons at the Dockers.
4: I'm surprised and disappointed about that. Why so? I don't think it's the right thing for a young kid to leave his club so early. From my understanding, he's from WA. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just settled into that club. The club has been uh, sponsoring him and uh, developing him for since he was about 15 years of age. He's been in uh, their next-gen academy. And I just think if I was his manager, I mean, unless there's some issue that uh, he's totally upset with, I don't know why you'd be leaving. Mm. I mean, this is a club on the up. You could be playing in an historic first premiership for a club. Now, there's only one group of players able to do that in the AFL now. Unless Tassie comes in, this is the final one.
5: Yeah. And I'm yet to hear the reasons for that. Uh, so Colin Young is... So there you go. Uh,
1: that uh, is the likes of certainly Jared Healy, together with Kane Corns, discussing the departure and the request by Fremantle Dockers' uh, small midfielder come forward, Liam Henry, deciding uh, a trade request come the end of the season. He wants to go elsewhere. And Healy saying uh, that at 22 years of age, uh, maybe he hasn't made the right decision. And number one is this.
6: Number one. I'm excited about... What what lies ahead? It's it's going to be really different for me because you live quite a, a routine sort of structured um, life, and it has has been for so long. So, yeah, it will be a little bit strange, and I can understand how sportsmen um, do struggle with that transition. Um, and but um, I'm really looking forward to the challenge, and, and can't wait for what's ahead. You know, I, I still feel like I've got the the passion and and. The expertise and and the want to still want to do it on race day, but um, there's a whole grind that goes with that as well. And, and as you get older, it gets a little bit harder to keep that up. But um, yeah, once once you get there on race day, that 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 want and um, and that thrill of doing it certainly hasn't waned at all. It's great to be recognised from your peers um, that uh, in that. In that stead, so yeah, um, and that's probably one of the things I will miss a lot of the banter in the jockey's room. It's a there's a lot of fun in between races, and you know, it's a unique sport where um, you're followed around in an ambulance by an ambulance, and then you just go and sit in a room and and take the piss out of each other all day. So, um, yeah, I'll miss that a lot, um, but um. Yeah, I'm sure that I'll I'll be a regular visitor back to the races and and keep in touch with a lot of them.
1: Yeah, those birds were pretty loud. That was Damien Oliver at the press conference yesterday, where he announced his retirement from horse racing, and that'll happen here in Perth, where it all started. After he left as a 17-year-old to pursue his sporting dream three Melbourne Cups later, and many, many other Group 1 wins. Uh, He's coming back to finish it here, where it all started during the Perth uh, Summer Carnival. Just before we take a break, uh, later on we will do a preview of the WAFL Finals. Uh, As we know, the two... Major football events that are happening this weekend is the start of the AFLW season, which happens tomorrow night. And the WAFL finals closer to home. Two big games at Leederville Oval. We've got the qualifying final between Subiaco and Peel Thunder. We'll speak to Bo Wardman, the coach of Subiaco, who returned to the finals after finishing seventh last season in a major shock. And the return of East Perth. To the finals, the first time since 2018. And Ross McQueen, the East Perth footy coach, is going to join us as well. So I'll we'll do a, a deep dive into the WAFL. Finals. Uh, I threw out that question after five West Australians uh, represented Australia in the opening of the T20 uh, series in South Africa, Mitch Marsh being the captain. And I said there was a situation where there were seven West Australians that represented our country in a test match. And I said, Can you name them? Darren said, Yardley Marsh, that's Rod Marsh, the late Rod Marsh, Kim Hughes, Terry Alderman, Dennis Lilly, Graham Wood, Bruce Laird. There you go, at the whacker. Uh, we also had uh, make seven. Yeah, that's correct. This is uh, Darren. Also, we had Tony of Vic Parkhype, Pete, here's a few names of West Australian cricketers who played for Australia. This uh, just an extension, but they weren't in the seven that I was chasing. But Ross Edwards, Gray McKenzie, Johnny Verrarity, Tony Mann, Sam uh, Sam Gabon. Am I on the right track, uh, Tony of Vic it's Probably mean Sam Gannon. Not exactly, but we love it uh, anyway. Thanks for being involved. Peter, my guess. Watson, no. Edwards, no. Lily, Inverarity, Malone, Man, Laird. No, nah, Big Al, you're just a bit off, but the the ones that was mentioned earlier, there was Laird and Wood, Hughes, Yardley, Marsh, Lily, Alderman. Uh, that's from Dominic of Swan View. Uh, it was certainly a magnificent Australian combination. Darren also got through as well. Yardley, Marsh, Hughes, Alderman, Lily, Wood and Laird. Seven West Australians representing uh, this country at test level. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. It's 18 past five here on Sports Day WA. Yes, it's Thursday night here on Sports Day WA, wherever you may be listening, right around this great state of ours, all thanks to Kia and the EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and our friends at Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Well, the centre of the football world in Western Australia will gravitate to Leederville Oval because that's where the first week of the WAFL finals will be staged. On Saturday, it is the qualifying final between Subiaco, who finished second, taking on Peel Thunder, who finished third. And then on Sunday, it is the elimination final involving the Royals and they take on Claremont at fourth against fifth. Let's kick off our preview and we're speaking to two coaches who are back in the finals. Uh, Subiaco had a one-year hiatus last year, but they're back in this year. East Perth haven't played finals for a number of years. And uh, a bit later, we'll be speaking to the East Perth coach as well in Ross McQueen. Let's kick it off with Bo Wardman. And Bo joins us on the program from the Lions. Hi, Bo. Good afternoon, Peter. How are you going? Good, thanks. I tell you what, what a close end to the season. Eastram Fremantle, who you played last week, finished a game ahead of Subiaco, Peel, East Perth and Claremont all separated on percentage. You had the better percentage of the the quartet and you finished in second place. Is that an indication just how close the season's been?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, in that last quarter, we were probably uh, fortunate to, to hang on with the, uh, the margin there. Obviously, uh, c- coming off after the game, we was uh quickly check the results of the other games to see uh, how far we had dropped down the ladder. But um, there wasn't wasn't any damage done. We were able to hold on to, hold on to second place. And I think, as you said, the, the season's been incredibly tight this year. Um, you even look at the, the teams that have missed out West Perth that have finished the season in uh, outstanding form and, and Swan Districts who were... Highly competitive throughout and probably uh, had the closest uh, number of results uh, across the season. But for for us um, to finish in second spot, to to qualify for another final series after the disappointment of last year's testament to the the work the players and and our coaches have done um, throughout the year and we're really looking forward to the next month ahead.
1: You were competitive last week uh, against East Ramanal. Are you concerned with the final quarter fade out in the end? Because in the end, you were beaten by about 50 points it
7: was it was uh, pretty poor really to be honest with you peter um and we sort of addressed that a uh, few we sort of discussed as a as a coaching group in in some ways it's it's better to happen in the last game of the season than in the in the first final um this this we certainly recognized that there was some things that that fell away late in the late in the game um and whether there was a little bit of Uh, preservation of a few guys towards the back end, sort of knowing that we're in the finals and and not wanting to to get injured and and prepare themselves for the following week, but uh, certainly a long way off our our brand and how we want to play, and um, in some ways it was probably, hopefully, an aberration for, for that one week. I think outside of that game, we've been highly competitive in every other game that we've played this year with, with a couple of close losses um, to a couple of the other top four or five teams. Um, so w- what's important for us is how we respond and um, and come out this week and, and play against Peel.
1: He's had a bit of AFL experience. I think it's his second season now at the Lions. Steph Gyro continues to build on his good form late in the season. Another good match last week. Yeah,
7: I thought he is really... Um hit his straps in terms of his form over the last uh, four or five weeks. We, we sort of had him playing through half forward and a bit of time on the wing um, through the middle of the year trying to get some more speed in and around the ball. Um, I think he's, he's been better suited over the last couple of weeks to, to playing on ball, and um, his, his form sort of reflected that. And I thought last week, along with Liam Hickmont, they were probably the, the two leading contributors across the game, um, and no doubt their, their form's going to be important for us to have success over the, the coming games.
1: And no doubt defence is very important. You must be really wrapped with the performance of someone like Angus Dewar.
7: I think Angus has um, certainly improved significantly. We've given him a couple of different roles this year with the unavailability of of Jordan Lockyer. Um, Aaron Hill's been in and out of the team a little bit with, with work commitments and injury. So... Angus has probably had to shoulder a bit more of the load as, as one of the key um, defenders down there. We, we look at Henry Berenger who's improved significantly, and, and Michael Brout's been out of chop out down there, and a young kid, Galen Savini, is probably uh, really growing this year with, with some increased opportunity and, and responsibility in that d- defensive half, but we, we're going to rely on some of those senior heads, uh, certainly this week, against uh, an AFL-packed uh, free, uh Peel team with obviously all their Fremantle talent coming in Um, so that's going to be important that we've got those guys that have had finals experience and uh, are ready for a big game.
1: Interesting Uh, Zach Clark's been a great addition to Subiaco. He's been super in recent times and could almost be uh, a leading contender for the Sandover medal in a couple of weeks so how important has he been to your makeup? and now with a hardened professional uh, on the back end of going into a finals campaign knowing Zach Clark will give everything?
7: Yeah, definitely. I mean, his, his resilience um, throughout the season has been been outstanding. Um, I think the the ruck work is there for for people to see, but I think it's the the capacity for him to bring bring those other midfielders into the game, and and we've seen real growth. You mentioned Steph before, but but Liam Hickmont, um, his brother Will, rolling through that position, Riley Morgan, Jamin Alone, Tara Schofield are all young kids that have um, stepped up and, and have been well supported by having Zach in there and and Lee Kitchen, who's been in and out of our team uh, this year with injury. It's, it's been uh, a fair workload for some of those young kids to come in, so to be able to support that with someone of the experience and calibre of Zach in the ruck, but just, just around the ball um, to help educate and guide them in terms of their positioning and structuring up. Has um, been immense, and uh, I think Zach's uh, form has, has really been, been strong throughout the year. And um, hopefully, he does pull well in the in the sandover. I'm not sure if uh, rucks and key position players are, are often the favourite of the umpires, but um, we'll see <laughs> how he goes in a couple of weeks.
1: And just finally, Bo, you mentioned Lee Kitchen. He's been in, in and out uh, due to injury. What a warrior he has been for so many seasons for Subiaco. Is there a feeling amongst the club and amongst the players this could be Swanson year?
7: Yeah, I mean he's, he's probably been been in and out. Um, he's he certainly always had a, had a great desire to get absolutely everything out of him um, and I think he's had different conversations I've had with. His, he's still keen to continue to play and, and whilst his body's holding up, then, then he would. Um, he's probably had more injuries this year than he has in his entire career and um whether that 's just circumstantial or or he 's a little bit of age catching up with him, so we 've had to just manage his training program to to get the most out of him um we'll We'll see how he goes at the end of the year he's he 's still got a lot to to contribute to to the game and um hopefully to our club going forward so we, we just hope that he has uh, probably the best month of his career and, and can help lead the boys to, to some success uh, over the final series, and, and we'll see what happens after that.
1: No, it'll be exciting times. No doubt you want another crack at each from Antle in a second semi semi-final if you win this game. Good luck, Bo, and thanks for your time. No, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Bo Wardman there, the coach of the Subiaco Football Club. We've got the uh, second bite of the cherry if they do stumble against Peel on Saturday. There's no such luxury for the match on Sunday. It is East Perth against Claremont. It's an elimination final. You win, you progress to the first semi, you lose and the season is over. And joining us is the coach of the East Perth Footy Club, Ross McQueen, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. You're disappointed in some ways that you finished in this situation. I know there's four clubs in the five that finished on the same points, only separated by percentage. And unfortunately, East Perth, from your point of view, finished in fourth place. I put look at it two ways. At the
2: start of the year, you, uh, you sat me down and said, We'll finish fourth. You take it, and of course, the goalposts changed a little bit as the year went on. We had some played some really strong football, but oh, I think the discipline was initially, you know, perhaps that opportunity just to give yourself that extra chance. But you know what? you just got to win games of football. So whether that's our philosophy this week,
1: we have uh, just win and keep winning. Big game last week against your traditional rivals, West Perth. You gave them a heck of a head start, and then you kicked eight straight in the third term to beat neck and neck going into the final quarter but couldn't run on with it. Uh, it was almost a game in, in two circumstances, a sluggish East Perth and then a dynamic East Perth.
2: Yeah, very very much so. Pete, I thought West Perth uh, applied some really good pressure early, used the ball well and took the, best, the most of their opportunities. They uh, probably got a couple that, you know, sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't, but they were, they were good at that. And then our boys, to their credit, halfway through the third quarter or nearly around the 20-minute mark of the third quarter, found a way and, yeah, strange things happen in football. And before you know it, you've kicked eight goals and seven in about 12 minutes. So uh, got us back in the game. And again, it's just those little moments in football. I think the first clearance been inside 50 for us on the, in the fourth quarter. The ball bounces to the left of the goalpost instead of through the goals. And um, who knows what it could have been. And, and we missed another opportunity a bit later in the quarter. West Perth go to the other end and get a goal. So I know there's pretty fine margins, Peter. and a bit disappointed about the result and the, perhaps the inconsistency in the game, but we understand our best football is pretty good.
1: Mm. The week before you kicked 15-24 against the West Coast Eagles. Very inaccurate. You think now on reflection and we won't go back two weeks, but had you kicked 24-15, you might have finished a, a couple of places uh, higher in the WAFL ladder. Let's go to this week's game. It's sudden death on Sunday. Should be a beauty at 10 past two. Mitch Croden is out. He's been out for two or three weeks now. Is he any chance of playing this week?
2: Yeah, no, Mitch is a really good chance to play this week. He's um, We've also got training tonight. Tonight's our main session, so we'll train uh, tonight in a little while. And uh, But no, Mitch is, is a good chance. If he gets through, he's done everything right. He's been around the club and he's been keen to... Uh, he probably would have tried to play last weekend, but you know we erred on the side of caution. And then if Mitch gets through tonight and pulls up well tomorrow, I'm sure uh, Mitch will play this weekend if that's the case.
1: How much have you missed him in the midfield?
2: Oh, he's been a terrific player all year, Mitch, his leadership and, and, and his football now. He's been great around the group and leads the players with the other guys there. So you definitely miss a player of his ability. Um well, I thought we've done pretty well at different times, giving different guys' roles through there. It's allowed us to play a couple of different guys in uh, the
1: midfield. Uh, but bringing Mitch back in this week will certainly... Uh, add, add, to, add to our side. Well, about Scott Jones? Uh, I was at East Perth a couple of weeks ago. I emceed their Hall of Fame, and there was talk uh, in the corporate area that maybe Scott Jones could make an appearance in the finals. How is he tracking, even though he hasn't played football for a long time?
2: Yeah, I looked it up the other day. I didn't realise it was round eight uh, when we played East Fremantle here. He got injured, so it's been a while. Um, but Scott's been doing really well. He's looked after He's been really diligent about his recovery, um, you know, he's been running on the track, he's, doing, he's been running the last couple of weeks. Uh, we, we would have to, something pretty extraordinary would have to happen for Scott to play uh, the, this year, the remainder of this year at some stage, but
1: you never know. You never know. As I say, uh, that is a, the big $64,000 question. Uh, for the most part this season, uh, East Perth have had the ability to kick winning scores, a lot through their attacking midfielders as well, without having a, a real focal point in attack. Uh, is that going to be enough for East Perth to win finals games?
2: Oh, I think, like you said, we've, we've managed to kick scores and at a different times we've lapsed some of our defensive efforts, so which has allowed the other teams to score as well. But I think we've shown... That the, our ability to move the ball, um, be strong in the contest when it counted. We managed to, we've beaten every side in the competition, Peter. That's our philosophy. And uh, whether it's in a final, I think we understand the pressure steps up a bit. And there's a, perhaps a bit more to play for. But still just a game of football played over four quarters. And uh, the best side will win it.
1: And what about your opposition, Claremont, who are perennial are finalists. They know the big games and they know them well. Oh, yep. Uh, very good side, Claremont. Uh,
2: super club. Uh, they have been for a long time and, and things. So oh, they've got some great leaders at their club. I mean, you know, Jai Boltons and these sort of guys have been terrific uh, leading their club. Bailey Rogers and things. Uh, unfortunately, Deck Moundford's been injured, but he may play uh, hopefully in the finals for Deck. He's a ripping man. But they're a great club. I expect them nothing but their best. They've uh, found a bit of form the last couple of weeks, which is good for them after a bit of a dip. Uh, and, and they're not too dissimilar to us in some respect up front. You know, they don't. They lost Jack Buller during the year. They've had different guys pop up and kick goals. So um, I think, yeah, like I said, when they're losing Jack, they've, they've got guys like De Lacey and Mainwaring and Manuel and Smallwood, all guys who are – people wouldn't class them as power forwards, but good footballers and know how to kick goals.
1: Mm. i tell you what, it'd be a bit of a letdown for a lot of the East Perth faithful. Of course, East Perth occupied the top position on the WAFL ladder at times during the course of the season – and we expect this season to continue for a few weeks more. Would it be disappointing for you and the work that's been put into the club to bow out at the first week of the finals?
2: Oh, I think if you make the finals, Pete, you're disappointed if you don't win. You start the year. I think, like every other club, you know, even aren't playing finals, they're disappointed about how the season finished. So we'll be disappointed um, if we don't progress a bit further into the finals. So, yeah, you know, we, we started the year with the the thought and the agenda to play finals and, and win it, and that's what we'll do every year. But if it's not to be the case, we'll reflect, look at it and take the positives out of it. Look, no one gave us a chance at the start of the year. I don't think anyone tipped East Perth to be in the finals, and as you said, we've all had a chance of, of being on top of the ladder. I think I'm pretty sure everyone's been on top of the ladder at some stage this year, so we'll be disappointed if we don't get the, the win this weekend, but I understand that we've taken some steps forward, but there's no guarantees next year, so that's why this year mm. So important.
1: Yeah, fair call. And finally, great news with Hamish Brayshaw, the skipper, committing to another couple of years at the club.
2: Yeah, great for the club. You know, he's a terrific leader, uh, plays a really solid brand of football every week, uh, and the players respond to that. No, it's good news that Hamish is be able to commit to the club. He's a busy man with all his media and so forth and, and his golf and everything else, but a, <laughs> a great leader, um, terrific addition to the club the last couple of years, so we're looking forward to Hamish in the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, and you've done a great job, Ross. Congratulations on getting the uh, mighty Royals to the finals. Good luck on Sunday. Ten minutes past two, I think there'll be a good crowd. A lot of the East Perth faithful uh, will be rolling out to see uh, East Perth play some waffle finals football. Thanks for your time.
2: Thanks, Peter. I look forward to seeing all the supporters here. They've been great this year. So. Um, let them know that we'll be giving our best crack this weekend.
1: Ross McQueen there, the coach of the East Perth Football Club in an extended WAFL finals preview here on Sports Day, thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Don't forget that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. That's the Super Bowl. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance TNCs do apply. That's been Sports Day WA for another week. Uh, Have a terrific weekend, and I'll be back again Monday at 5 here on SENWA.